What's going on, world? And welcome back to the Pursuit of the Good Life podcast, your favorite podcast that helps you grow both personally and professionally. I'm your host with the most, your favorite coach, the Cameron Lovelace, coming to you every single Thursday to help you create your version of the good life. All right, so y'all know we bringing it back. We bringing on guests to add a whole bunch of value. So I, I, I ain't gonna lie. I, a lot of my guests do end up being alphas. But I mean, this is because we, we just great individuals that do great things. But today's guest is a frat brother of mine. Um, and I know a lot of people, you know, love sports. But, you know, you know, once you have your hoop dreams, your football dreams, you have an injury or you don't make college, you know, you kind of just put it on the side or you say, eh, I don't really want to coach, but I don't really know if I want a career in it. Well, my guest today actually works for a professional NBA team right here in Memphis, Tennessee, of the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, he ain't got me no signature from John Morant yet, so uh, we're going to have to work on that. But please welcome to the show my brother, Mr. Corbin Noel. Corbin, what's happening, bro? Man, man, I'm doing good. Glad to be a part of your show, man. Uh, just working my way through this first quarter of the year, and I, I thank you I'm here. Man, thanks for joining on the show. I'm sure this had a lot of value to people who are interested in getting into the industry. But before we get into all that, I like to always warm my guests up with like a fun question or whatever the case may be. So you've been working for the Grizzlies for going on two years now? Yeah, it'll be two years in June. So I started uh, back in June of 2018. So since you've been working there, what movie has it been like what that you could compare the experience to? So I know there's, of course, you know, your money balls. Uh, obviously, you're not working like directly with the team. You're working more with the front office. But, you know, is, is it glory days? Like what what kind of movie is most relatable to working for the Memphis Grizzlies? So that, that's kind of tough. I'm, I'm trying to think of like a, a sales movie because, you know, I work in sales for the mm -hmm. Grizzlies. Um, man, that, that's a good question. I, it's really hard to compare it to a movie. Um, but if you, yeah, that's kind of, that's a big, that's a hard question. It kind of stunned me right there. Uh, movie. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can describe a, a movie that I've seen uh, to describe my time here with the Grizzlies. I know that's a lame answer, but I really nah, I got you. I definitely <laughs> stunned you on that one. Well, tell me, you know, something that has, since you've been working there, that's kind of stuck out. Or when was it like a moment that was like, I'm working for an NBA team right now? Like what was it like the first week on the job, six months down the line, or what? What was that moment for you? Yeah, I think it's it's been several moments, um, and it, and I get reminded about it on a daily basis. I think my first moment, however, though, when I was in the office, I think I took a fifteen minute break, and you know, like as on a normal job, you take a fifteen minute break, you might go outside, go out to your car, right. or, you know, walk down the streets, a coffee shop, or Starbucks. But for me, I can literally walk out of my office, and, and in five minutes, I'm in the arena. And I think the the first time it hit me was like watching Kyrie, Kyrie Irving actually um, out there warming up at like three o'clock. They had a game at seven o'clock that night. Mm -hmm. He's out there at 3 p.m. working, you know, working on his game, pregame shoot around. You know, pregame shoot around is normally like at five o'clock. So he's out there two hours before that. And so just being able to walk out of my office for a short break and, and sit down in the arena and just, you know, watch him, you know, practice. I think that, you know, kind of first thing I was like, I'm actually working in the NBA. Like I got access to get into the arena. So like, I think that's when it first hit me. For sure. Man, that's what's up. So tell the people what made you want to, um, what made you want to get into the sports 
the sports business industry because you know some people got you know it's like oh, I, I tore my ACL so I wasn't good enough to make the league but I I still made it to the league you know what I'm saying so like what 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 made you want to get into sports I guess more yeah so uh for me I think I, I was pretty much raised into sports um at a young age my dad um was a long time football and track coach so I can remember probably as young as maybe three four or five years old um going to all the football practices being on the back of the truck because he used to uh, I know a good memory I have he used to always pick up you know some players in the morning you know mm-hmm. from before early morning workouts and I would be on the back of the truck you know riding with high schoolers so um being around that um I played high school sports myself um, but going into like the end of my senior year and also freshman year in college, I pretty much knew I wasn't <laughs> good enough to play professionally. Um, so I started to, I knew I wanted to stay in sports. So I started to think of ways or careers that, I, you know, that I feel comfortable in working in or what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was like three of them. I knew I wanted to be a, possibly an athletic director, uh, maybe a sports agent, because I enjoyed the uh, if you remember Jerry Maguire, the movie, <laughs> now you talk about movies, maybe Jerry Maguire, but I'm not an agent. So. <laughs> but uh, I think that's one movie that got me, you know, into thinking about working in sports. And also I uh, said I would want to work um, in the front office of a professional sports team. Um, here I am today um, doing that. So I think that's what kind of geared me towards that path of uh, wanting to work in sports business. Right. So you went to, so you're from, from Mariana, right? Yeah, Mariana, Arkansas. Go ahead. Yeah, fifty. Yeah, it's about fifty miles an hour west of Memphis. Small town though. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, every, everywhere in Arkansas is considered kind of small <laughs> compared to other places. But you go from Mariana to Conway, where we meet at UCA, and so what? What? What was like the first step towards, uh, you know, getting a career in the sports agency? Was it getting a degree? Was it getting a a degree in sports management was it getting like what what was it as far as building that resume yeah so i'll start by just com- like comparing myself to uh, you know some of my other co-workers so i have some co-workers um they basically went to college um, they worked in athletic departments uh, of their college you know respective colleges mm-hmm. um and they got ex- got experience in sports and so their first job out of college was going straight to the Grizzlies or going straight to, uh, I have people that, you know, have started other places or other teams as well. Yeah. But their first job right out of college was going to a sports team. Well, for me, my steps were a little bit different. Um, so at UCA, I, I majored in uh, business marketing. Um, I knew I, I had, a, I really liked marketing, um, mm-hmm. but I knew that one day possibly I wanted to do sports marketing that UCA just didn't offer that. Right. So um, yeah. So course I, I made sure to get experience as much as i could um did internships i, I applied the career services at uca they definitely uh, got me a lot of good experience i i got to intern with um places like state farm i also did a short internship with the clinton foundation um, i was an educational programs intern there because in school not only did i have a passion for sports but i also had a passion for education um so i was kind of torn between that's where the athletic athletic director piece comes in because i'm able to be an athletic director for, you know, a school district, but also, you know, paying attention and, you know, wanting, you know, students to do well uh, when it comes to school. Right. So uh, I was, those were kind of, I think, so for me, I wanted to, you know, work in a front office, but I still kind of wanted to be an athletic director. So my first few steps were to get um, experience in both, like, both perspective areas, maybe education and also in marketing. Now UCA, I didn't get any sports experience, 
Um, mm. Like I said, I, it just weren't that many opportunities. And I didn't. And one thing, I think if I could do it again, I would work and volunteer in the athletic department if I could. I think that's um, something that probably would have helped me, you know, get into the career faster. Uh, but after UCA, I ended up graduating in 2016. Um, and from that point, you know, I was working a job in Little Rock, but I knew I wanted to get, get into sports. What I was doing at the time, it wasn't really what I wanted to do. Um, so I just so don't I started taking a job out there. <laughs> don't want to put them <laughs> on mean, the it, bus. It was, no, man. I mean, it was a good job. You know, it's just somewhere I, I couldn't see myself staying, you know. It was, it was a pretty good job, but so I started to take online classes at the University of Memphis um, in their sports management department. So I knew I wanted to go ahead and get my uh, sports management degree, um, and hopefully that, you know, will open up some more opportunities for me. Um, so I eventually, I finished my first semester at the University of Memphis taking online classes, um, but after maybe about two, three weeks after the semester, you know, you're done with school. You're not checking your emails. I'm, at least not me. You know, when I'm done with school, I turn. <laughs> I do not check my emails. I don't look at my notifications or anything. But I get a call from uh, one of my professors, and it was a professor of one of my uh, sports marketing classes. I uh, pretty much offered me a graduate assistant graduate assistant position um, at the University of Memphis in their sports department. And so uh, from that point, you know, I moved to Memphis. So I started on campus that August. Um, I was a G. I was a GA. Um, and at the time at the University of Memphis, there was a sports marketing association. Um, well, through my experience at UCA, I was on a few exec boards. Um, so I guess they saw me as, you know, a, a decent leader, <laughs> which I'm glad they did. <laughs> which I'm glad they did because it helped me out a lot. Um, so I eventually became a sports marketing association president on the campus of the University of Memphis. Um, that helped me out immensely because just being uh, new to the area, it allowed me to network. Um, not only with students and uh, faculty, you know, from across campus, but being the president of the Sports Marketing Association, I had to get speakers to come in and talk to us or, you know, talk at our meetings. So that was my opportunity to reach out to the Grizzlies, uh, reach out to the Memphis Redbirds, reach out to the, you know, Tennessee Titans and, and you know, other uh, professional sports teams in the area that we can come, that we can get to come down and speak. And during that time, not only am I getting them to come speak, but I'm uh, getting them to know more about me. Uh -huh. um, so that helped me a lot. And I, it was coming upon my second to last semester um, at the University of Memphis, and they came out with this new class. It was a ticket sales class. And at the time, I mean, even going coming up upon graduation, I really didn't know. I knew I wanted to do sports marketing. It was either going to be like sports marketing or a partnerships, you know, dealing with companies, you know, activating, activating their products, you know, with the professional sports team. I felt like I did good with that. Um, but um, I was introduced to ticket sales um, and one of my professors said he thought that that would be something that I would be interested in and, and thought I would be good at it. So <laughs> the thing is, at the University of Memphis, you had to interview in order to get into the class. So, yeah. <laughs> so the person that, <laughs> Wait, you got an interview to get into a, a class? Yeah. So it was because it was a high demand. It was only like uh, 10 spots. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was only like 10 spots available for that class. And once you get into that class, I mean you get so much experience because because um, right now working with the Grizzlies, we have students that assist us on game days. Mm. So that experience that the students get, I mean, oh, you yeah, really cool. can't compare that to yeah in class, you know. So yeah, we had to interview to get in the class. And at the time I was like, I was debating on whether I should take this class or I, could, I had the opportunity to study abroad in London, uh, which is another good thing that the um, sports department at University of Memphis offered. They offer study abroad opportunities. And so I was going through this and actually the person that I was interviewing with, 
is my boss, who is my boss today. <laughs> but I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. And so we get into the interview process and I'm telling them like, you know, I, I'm not sure if I want to do marketing or, you know, ticket sales. And uh, basically I didn't, I, I didn't get in the class. <laughs> so yeah, crazy, okay. but I, I work for the Grizz now. Yeah. But I didn't get in the class, but basically he basically told me, and I think a lot of people that want to be in sports, uh, the most important thing is know what you want to do in sports. Um, because our organizations like the Grizzlies and every other team in the NBA, every other team and all the other, other professional sports leagues, I run just like any other company. So right now I'm a, I'm a client services account executive. Um, and so I'm a part of our sales and service department, but we have HR, we have human resources, we have accounting and finance, we have marketing and partnerships, we have our own media department. And opposite of that, on the basketball offside, you have your coaches, your, your trainers, your nutritionists, <laughs> like your, your scouts. So there's so many positions in sports. Um, and what he let me know was what to know, you know, is figure out what I want to do in sports. So I had to figure out that sales is what I want to do. Um, so coming upon graduation, um, I still didn't have, I still haven't secured a sports position, but I was working for um, Alsec St. Jude. I was a donor engagement intern, uh, and that goes along with my piece of wanting to be an athletic director, because um, mm. athletic directors, what they do, they talk to a lot of donors. So I feel like if um, I can get into a position where I'm talking with donors, even though it's for a nonprofit like Alsex St. Jude, um, it's still a skill that can be transferred to where I want to be. Um, and so, you know, that's what I did. And, um, and also... And St. Jude just happens to be one of the biggest nonprofits in the world. So, yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah. So, and they also have a great partnership with the Memphis Grizzlies at the time, which I knew. <laughs> so, you know, every every kind of move I set up, I tried to make sure um, that it kind of aligned with with my goals. So, along with working at Asset St. Jude, I also did retail sales for Apple. So, I was getting some some sort of sales experience, even though it's not selling tickets uh, for a basketball game. It's being able to sell a product, being able to to service a customer, um, things that are important in in what I do today. And so um, I kept applying. I applied to the Redbirds. I think I applied to, I know I applied to the Grizzlies several times <laughs> and didn't get a call back several times. Uh, I applied to different teams out of state and basically just kind of waiting on my turn. But I didn't, you know, stop, you know, doing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Eventually, I got a call one random day. I don't even know if I remember applying uh, or when I had submitted my application, but it was a call from the Grizzlies. And the person on the other end of the phone was the was my boss, <laughs> the one that interviewed me the first time for the class. And you know, going into that, into that interview, I had already had practice. I had already knew kind of what I wanted to do, and ticket sales was what I wanted to do. I was able to convey that to him, um, and I was able to start with the Grizzlies um, on June twenty eighteen. Man, that's big. So wait, so I'm, I'm make sure we don't skip past any of these steps. So you graduate yeah. from from UCA, and goose egg no no opportunities no callbacks no. no no opportunities where you know you're seeing your classmates here your classmates there they going here they going there they going all over the place and here you are you know with with nothing going on but where where a lot of people and matter of fact people that we know you know they just kind of just they just either accept what was given to them they might go back to their hometown and just work at you know the sales job or at walmart or go to you know hr they go to a completely different field that they didn't get their degree in but something in you said that you know what no i really want to 
get into this. So let me see what I can do to make myself more attractive. Like you didn't take just what life had given you, but you said, okay, then let me go. Okay. University of Memphis. That's about the closest. Was that the closest school that did sports management? Yeah. So it was uh university of Memphis and also uh, the university of Arkansas. Um, I applied to both of those. Um, I was actually accepted to uh, both programs, but what the University of Memphis offered me was a, a college that was in the middle of the city. Um, campus is in the middle of the city. Right. Um, I mean, and there's this professional sports team about 15 minutes away <laughs> at the FedEx Forum. So yeah, that was something that, fact. So they offered me that, you know, Arkansas wasn't able to offer me. That, so. Mm-hmm. so you you move, you pack up. Was you in Little Rock at the time? Yeah, I was in, well, I was, I was still staying in Conway, but okay. I had, my job was in Little Rock. Yeah. So you pack up from Conway, drive two hours into Memphis. Of course, you got, you know, your frat brother, your, your line brother, Zach, who's welcoming yeah, you over. He's sure. like, come on, let's kick it. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I got to study. <laughs> but um, so, yeah. you, so you get into the program and it sounds like you just hustle. Like instead of just instead of like people just doing like the minimum going to classes, like you, you, you made sure that you did whatever opportunities were available until you kind of figured out sales is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Cause, and, um, and like I said, that's why I give credit to the career service departments, not only um, at UCA, but also at the university of Memphis. Um, I had a great career counselor. Um, she basically told me that any, a lot of skills are transferable. Um, you don't have to have the most experience in sports to get a job in sports. Um, it's just what you can do on that job. And what have you done in other positions in the past that we can believe and trust in you that you can accomplish these things that, you know, at this new role. Um, so I just made sure whatever job I was doing, like I said, at Alsex St. Jude, um, even with the donor engagement, I made sure I, I did the best I could because we had to make a lot of phone calls. And what I do on a daily basis as, as an account executive, I make a lot of phone calls. I got to know how to communicate to people, um, you know, and it's not always just calling them to ask for money. It's just building relationships with people. Uh, I think that's the most important. So. Do you do you got the sorry to bother you voice? <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that your daily routine? Man, sometimes. Man, sometimes, yeah. I get it. But okay, but yeah. so you, 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 so what you're saying is, so for those people who want a position at a sports team, don't necessarily mm-hmm. write yourself off just because you may not have sports management experience. So like max, like max out whatever, whatever niche within it. Cause like, like I've been, so I've interviewed a lawyer, I've interviewed uh, an educator and like what I'm seeing throughout these different interviews is that people say, and you just actually said it again, is that if you can niche down in your, in your perspective, like then you'll be able to truly like master your lane. And so like, what, what are the different paths of like a sports, of a sports team? Like the different positions and careers that people can take? Yeah. Cause like, I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't look at myself as, you know, somebody that could work for an NBA team, but I mean, I imagine teams have therapists or mental health counselors or, you know, life coaches or things like that. So like, what are the different aspects that you don't necessarily work with I mean, work for, mm-hmm. but you work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, like I said earlier, um, every company is going to have their HR department. Um, but we also have a community engagement department. 
Mm-hmm. Um, basically, they go out, they reach out to schools, they reach out to um, underprivileged kids. Um, we have this special program called Tickets for Kids. Um, and that's, that's the opportunity I am able to work with the community um, engagement department, uh, pretty much helping to get kids um, tickets to see games. Um, so that's one lane you can go down. We also, the Grizzlies have their own foundation, um, which is a nonprofit foundation. So if you're into um, you know, nonprofit uh, work, uh, the Grizzlies have a position for that as well. Uh, we also have the Memphis Grizzlies have a school. <laughs> so um, A school school? Yeah. Yeah, it's a school school. It's like a charter school. Like, so yeah. it's so six through 12, or is that? Um, I'm not quite sure the, eight, the, the, uh, the grades, but I know we do have a school. Gotcha. Uh, or at least we partner with the, with the organization that has a school. Mm-hmm. But I mean, um, so that's on that side. Um, you have, like, again, marketing partnerships. If you're into marketing, uh, if you're into graphic design, uh, we have several positions like that. Um, if you're into journalism, radio, broadcast, we have Grind City Media um, that a lot of people, um, you know, like, you know, a lot of people like want to be on air. They want to be uh, a TV personality. You have opportunity on that lane. So the Grizzlies, I mean, we offer more than just, I don't know, it's it's a lot that goes into a basketball team, especially an NBA team, because um, it's a whole like even just for one game day, it takes a lot of people. Um, to get that going and to get that rolling. What's up, guys? We all know that in order to create your version of the good life, you have to have a fulfilling career. And that's why today's episode is sponsored by the Dreams and Nightmares Career Exploration Program. It's that awesome program that helps your student build a foundation based on their strengths and even weaknesses, explore the world of work, and create a step-by-step plan to turn their dreams into a reality. It includes an e-course, it includes an assessment, it even includes a 90-day coaching program and a group experience for those mentoring groups and nonprofit organizations. It is the awesome, awesome career program designed by yours truly to help your student, whether you're in college or whether you're in high school, really know how to turn your dream career into a reality and to avoid those deep, dark nightmares. Now, for those of you that are adults and are not students anymore, Don't worry, I didn't leave you out either. Today's episode is also sponsored by the Welcome to the Jungle program. The Welcome to the Jungle program is the program designed to help you grow both personally and professionally by helping you master yourself. We do this by helping you master the four dominant animal personality traits that everybody has, which includes the dominant lion, the inspirational flamingo, the supportive chameleon, and the very cautious turtle. Conquering these animals is the key to not only dominating in your professional life, but also knowing how to thrive in your everyday jungle with your family and your relationships. So be sure to check out these two programs at www.goodlifetc.org forward slash dreams and forward slash W2J. And now back to the show. Okay, so take us behind the curtain on the business side, what's what's the day like on on game day? Well, let's talk about game day and then let's move to a regular non-game day, like today. Got you. Yeah, okay. So on a regular game day, um, it just depends. So my first year uh, with the Grizzlies, I was a ticket sales representative. Uh-huh. Uh, so basically my job was to sell tickets. Uh, ticket packages, uh, premium plans to clients, and our clients can be a regular everyday fan. 
It could be a business. It could be a school group. Um, it could be a church group. Um, whatever it is, you know, try to sell tickets. So my job on a game day basis as a TSR uh, would be to be available. Uh, we would have tables set up. So if fans want to come up to us to ask us questions about, you know, ticket packages, how can they save money uh, to see the biggest games? Because everybody wants to see the Lakers, but everybody knows when they go to Ticketmaster, <laughs> the prices are, you know, crazy. So uh, people come to us for that, you know, during game days. Uh-huh. Um, as a TSR, you may have other duties like helping out with the national anthem. We have national anthem buddies, you know, have school age kids come down there, stand with the players, uh-huh. uh, whatever, whatever anybody needs us to do as a TSR, that's what we do. Um, now, in my new role, as because I was just recently promoted uh, back in November, um, my new role as a client services account executive um, is going to be a little bit different. So pretty much um, I'm working at our service center um, during the game, and I'm specifically focused on our MVPs. That's going to be our season ticket holders mm-hmm. and also our premium package buyers. That's going to be our suite holders, anybody that's sitting on the floor, and also our club box holders, uh, you know, our, our high-value accounts as people that I'll be dealing with on a game day basis. Unfortunately, this year with the uh, with the pandemic and with all the, the restrictions that the NBA has put you know, in place, uh, a person in my role, I'm not really able to go to the games right now, um, right. unless you're a, a trainer, uh, a coach, or of course, a, a player. Mm-hmm. So. No doubt, no doubt. So if I remember correctly, John Morant didn't get drafted until 2019. So last yeah, so last, like, yeah, last year. Last year was his first year. So that means your first season as with the Grizzlies as a ticket sales representative was when the franchise was not really selling a lot of tickets. <laughs> I, yeah, so yeah, I mean you, 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 that's a fair point. So yeah, so I came at a time when the Grizzlies um they had their core for it. That was Mark Gasol, Mike Connolly, uh Zach Randolph, and Tony Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, the Grizzlies went on several playoff runs. I think the the highest they got was the Western Conference Finals. Right. Um, so I came in on the downside of that. Um, the year before, like in twenty eight, the 2018, 2019 season, we traded off Mike Conley, uh, traded Mark and Soul. So coming in there before the draft, because I got there like uh, uh, maybe a month or two before the draft, mm-hmm. John Morant, it, it was not. It was not fun. <laughs> I, I can say that the least because a lot of people were were upset. They didn't know what the front office was doing, um, and it, you know they kind of just really didn't know the direction of the team. Um, but was, I will say that was when they drafted a uh, Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. Jaron Jackson Jr. Everybody yeah, was so, like, "What the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, coming into you know my time with the Grizzlies, I will say that we do now have a new young front office. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it kind of reflects the the team kind of because, um, I mean, we have a few veteran staff, you know, on the business side, but it's generally a, a young organization. So I think our roster pretty much reflects our uh, office. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when John Morant, I mean, we had like a, I don't even know the percent chance we had of landing the number two pick. I think it was like a six percent. <laughs> yeah, it was like six percent, maybe lower than that. Um, and when we got the second pick, we knew we were going to get Zion or John Morant. And so um, once the Pelicans took Zion, we knew we were getting Ja. And at first, a few of our MVPs were hesitant. They were kind of like, okay, we don't know how good he'll be. Um, but he, he 
turned out to be pretty good pretty fast. And so um, him being able to win the rookie of the year uh, was big for Memphis. Uh, it was big for our staff, um, just having fans interested in basketball. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of times I think people will come to the games just to see other stars. Um, but now people are actually coming to the games to see John Morant and people are actually turning on the TV to see John Morant. So um, I think we, we go nowhere but up, especially with a young team like we have now. I agree, man, because I ain't going to lie. I don't know if you watched the Grizzlies when you was in Mariana, but uh, when we came, to Memphis, <laughs> we came to Memphis to what for like late, like I remember when my brother's birthday, we went to go see Kobe. Or we went mm-hmm. on a on a church youth group to go see KG. So to your point, yeah, people usually come to Memphis to see other stars. But yeah, that's that's a big point that you know now the Jaws here, you might actually get consistent ticket sales. So so talk about that transition from a TSR to an account executive. And is like the TSR like the lowest level in the sales department? Is that the entry level position? Yeah. So uh, well, we actually have a few part-time uh ticket sales reps mm-hmm. um coming upon so that that would be considered lowest but yeah um there's the lowest uh full-time entry-level position um a ticket sales representative you basically that's going to be a person right out of college like myself um fresh out of college or their first uh start um in the sports world now you might have somebody jump from an account executive role in a different organization that can jump to an account executive role with us but um it doesn't happen now, you know, that much. Mm-hmm. So you basically start off with a TSR. Um, it's pretty much a six-month to one-year position. Uh, from that point, there your management and us, and your management is working to get you either a position um, with the Grizzlies or a position with another sports team. And so um, during my time as a TSR, I started to look at other places because um, I mean that's what they want you to do. Because mm-hmm. um, well, let me let me just backtrack. I was a TSR and what happened in March was uh, the (laughs) the pandemic. So um, that kind of threw off a lot uh, because during that time in March, especially like the end of February and the beginning of March, I was looking and I was applying to different places uh, and different positions around the league um, just because, you know, I want to put my name out there because you never know what would become become available with the team. And when everything shut down, it was, uh, I don't know, it it was surprising. You think it would last a couple of weeks, but then the weeks started to start to turn into months. And so I was just sitting in that TSR role because at that point I was already uh, projected to be promoted. And so I was just, you know, kind of stay in limbo, like, okay, um, is my position going to be safe or do I need to start looking, you know, outside of sports? Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing I will say, the Grizzlies, um, you know, as opposed to other teams or in other leagues, uh, they did take care of us. Um, they kept reassuring me that, you know, your position is good. Um, as soon as we're able to, you know, get things start, start back rolling, uh, we, we are looking to promote you. Uh, so that's what kind of kept me here in Memphis. Um, and in November, once we were able to, you know, finalize this season, even though this season hasn't been <laughs> the smoothest, uh, once we were able to finalize that, um, I was able to go ahead and get my promotion. So, um, yeah, that, that's pretty much what it was. It, it was probably... I don't know if any of my coworkers um, that are that's an account executive right now uh, has had to deal with that, especially a pandemic. So, uh, man, ain't nobody had to deal with the pandemic before. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so 
don't want to say like your promotion was incumbent upon like how the team performed, but it is a lot of what you do and how you like move promotion. Cause I see like you were saying like you were applying for other positions around the league. So like when you like apply to, I don't want to name like any random teams, but like when you apply to say, well, let's say NFL. So let's say you apply to uh, the Titans in here. Okay. So yeah. let's say like when you, if you, if you had got an interview, would it have been like, Oh, well, yeah, you know, I did this, this, and this as a TSR, and this is what I can do for your organization too. But is that reflected upon, well, their 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 attendance at their games wasn't so hot. So let's say, like, for example, it was based on your first year without Ja, where attendance was, mm-hmm. was low. And then, like, now, like, attendance would be high. Well, it, it would be high if we were obviously meeting. So... Is it like reflected upon how the team as an organization or can you really make a name for yourself even amongst a big organization like the Grizzlies? Yeah, um, team performance has something to do with it, but that's not all. Um, And I would say that's the reason because people come to our games, not just for basketball. Mm. Um, Like I said, we sell to businesses, uh, we sell to schools, we sell to churches. Uh, people have different needs for wanting to come to a game. So even though the Grizzlies aren't performing as well as we want, want them to, uh, people use these tickets to reward their employees, uh, to prospect new clients, to generate new business for themselves. So I think the way you stand out, um, especially during times where, you know, we weren't having sellouts um, other than when the Lakers were coming to town is to hustle um, your activity around, you know, how many calls are you making a day? How many new prospects? How many new leads are you generating? Um, how many referrals are you bringing in? Um, that's how you kind of set yourself apart because anybody can sell a hot product. You know, like say if you work for the Lakers, it's not hard to sell seats to go see LeBron James every night. It's not hard to do. Um, what's what sets you apart is, is basically your hustle. Uh, that's what it is. I mean, revenue is important. It's very important. Um, but it's how you kind of get that revenue. Because like I say, anybody can sell a high product, but if you can sell during you know, down times um, and you can find new opportunities, new business opportunities, um, that's how you set yourself apart. So always, so like always keep that hustle, gr- that grind, that motor, even when you get in the door. Mm-hmm. Always, because um, you never know. And I think, I'm gonna take out one of my rest. Um, my manager and my, my TSR manager, you know, made that a point for us is because even if you, the days you're not selling still make your calls you know still um, reach out to people still send your emails because at the end of the day they're tracking all of that mm. so um yeah they're tracking every single one of those so uh, make sure you're always working and so that's what i always did even when nobody was watching no doubt no doubt so uh do you get do you interact with the with like the GM or like the like the, the the real public public physicians that are in the media, like what is it like the GM, the uh, the president of basketball operate, you know, like the the real publicized position. Do you interact with those at all? If so, what are what's the Grizzlies' big time positions like? Yeah, so um, I, we we definitely interact with them, especially in the position I am now, because um, um, the client services role I am, I'm pretty much the one of the first touch points for a fan. Um, so I have to, we have to get daily updates from them. Um, they speak to us, tell us, tell, tell us what's going on, what we can and cannot say. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so 
yeah, we, we speak a lot to them. Um, now they do have their own daily duties. So I, I don't really see what they do too much on a daily basis. Their offices are at the top of the building. Uh, I'm on the second floor. So um, I don't see everything, but they definitely stay in uh, communication with us. No doubt, no doubt. So tell us about, a, uh, you, are, you already told us about Kyrie, but tell, mm-hmm. tell us about some other NBA players that, and was there any time where you were just like, awestruck like did you see Braun? did you see <laughs> did you see uh uh Cade like was, was there any NBA players that had you awestruck and which ones like stick out uh, for sure uh one that stuck out for sure was LeBron James um this season I was able to actually sit uh course side at one at one of the Lakers games this year so um I think that was the time I was awestruck another time was and I never was a big Tim Duncan fan but you you just know players that are you know, Hall of Famers, um, and so when you're in their pres- when, when you're in their presence, you can definitely uh, feel the energy. And so, uh, Tim Duncan now works on the Spurs coaching staff, right. and you know, during pregame is where we have our most interaction with the different players and staff because we're bringing fans to come get autographs. We're bringing fran- fans from meet and greets with the players, and you know, and, and the players are also doing uh, community engagement um, things as well. So at that time, that's where we're able to interact and, and being able to. Uh, be around Tim Duncan, I think, was the moment I was like, wow. Because uh, growing up, my favorite player was Kobe Bryant. And unfortunately, you know, mm-hmm. you know what happened last year. I, I, don't, I never got the chance to meet him. But uh, I think Tim Duncan and also seeing LeBron James, of course, I was, was the two times I was awestruck. But I see so many players now. It's, uh, it's nothing. Not to say it like that. Not to say it like that. but it's like that. No, no, not to say it like that, but it's, you're going to have your certain people that you're, you know, you're awestruck by, you know. The, the one. No doubt, no doubt. So do you, so I know you said you mostly interact with the, with the office, with the, with the sales department, um, but do you like really make a, have a chance to build a relationship with the players, with the Grizzlies players? Yeah, so in this new role, I know I will have more opportunities too. Um, as a TSR, you really don't. You know, my first year uh, with the Grizzlies, our our main focus is getting a, you know, doing our job and making sure we can uh, get a promotion to continue our career path. But in this new role, I will work more closely with players. It's just with the pandemic, I haven't really had too much of an opportunity. I mean, we've done a few we've done a few Zoom calls uh, with Coach Jenkins uh, and with a few players. Um, now, I, I do. I will have a closer relationship with players like, um, you know, Tony Allen and Zach Randolph. Because they actually work with our, um, you know, service department. Oh, and yeah. Okay. Last year, yeah, yeah. So they'll come in and do a commercial, or and shoot a commercial in our office, and you know, we'll put it out for fans when it's time for you know ticket renewals and things like that. So, mm-hmm. no doubt, no doubt. Okay. So when so when I needed that when I need that autograph, I can I can hit you up. Be like, hey, go ahead and just just slide it in for me. Yeah, yeah, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> 100, 100. Well, uh, tell to talk to the people who, you know, are aspiring, you know, sports agents, sports who want, just want to be in sports business. So talk talk to the people and leave them with like some some takeaways that that you wish you had in your and when you were coming up. Yeah, for sure. Um most importantly, um like I mentioned earlier, know what you want to do in sports. So whether that's a sports agent, uh, whether you want to do marketing, uh, whether you want to do sales, whether you want to be a trainer or a scout, uh, make sure you hone in on that. 
uh, make sure um, you follow and connect with people that are already in those positions because uh, they can only give you nothing but advice. Um, and the more people you know, the better it's for you. Uh, not only the more people you know, but what they know about you. Um, so share your accomplishments with them. Um, and even if you don't get a sports job or you, you're not getting calls back, don't don't like stop. Don't, you know, never stop applying because especially during this time, you know, with the pandemic, there's not, there's only so many positions available. But once things start to turn around um, and we can, you know, slow this pandemic down, um, there will be more, uh, you know, positions and careers open in sports. So uh, whatever job you can do that you know that you can transfer those same skills over to a sports role, uh, continue to do that. Um, I think that's the most important advice um, I can give. Know what, know what you want to do and um, keep keep honing your skills and whatever you want to do. No doubt. I forgot to ask this. What What's next for you, man? You, 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 you slowly working your way up that corporate ladder. You know, you went from the mm-hmm. TSR, grinded your way, hustled and bustled. Now you an account exec. So what's, what's next? You going for that VP? What, what, what going for <laughs> GM? Like what, what, what's, what's, what's the goal? What's next, man? Yeah. So, um, Short term, uh, my goal was to go ahead and be an account executive, which I've reached. Uh, my next goal, I want to be in a leadership role, uh, hopefully within the Grizzlies organization. But in sports, you have to be willing to move right. um, and be flexible. So um, if an investment of my career, I will definitely be willing to do that. But I want to be in a leadership role, whether that's a uh, director of mar- marketing and sales or um, partnerships. I think that's what I want to kind of do. I want to uh, move more towards working directly with companies. I mean, I love working with, you know, fans each and every day. Um, but I think I want to move more into the, the corporate partnership side. Um, so that's my next goal. But my ultimate goal, um, I want to have my own sports entertainment business. Mm. Um, yeah, so that that that's probably not years from now. That may be decades, <laughs> decades from now. But uh, yeah, don't, don't, don't cut yourself short, bro. You don't know what connections yeah. you might make. Hey, for sure. Yeah, but that that is a goal. I think everybody... Well, I know a lot of people want to work for themselves, so uh, that is something I would want to do uh, at the end. Now, sports entertainment, is that similar to sports agency or what is what is that? Yeah, so basically sports and entertainment agency. So um, I have a really good friend uh, that works for a company called Creative Artists Agency. It's called CAA. It's one of the largest agencies in the world uh, when it comes mm-hmm. to sports entertainment. And so um, that is something I think I, I would want to do. Manage not only manage athletes, um, but manage entertainment talent as well. Oh, that's what's up. You're trying to compete with clutch sports. Let's go, Corbin. I'm here for it. Let's <laughs> not go. Not trying to compete, man. Hey, if they want to, hey, clutch sports want to offer me, I, I will be right there. <laughs> hey, take what you can do until you get what's yours, man. Man, appreciate you for coming on, man. I'm sure you've added a whole lot of value and shed some gems for, for those people who want to definitely get their hustle on and, and work their way through a, a, a professional sports team. All right, y'all, for those of y'all watching on YouTube, go ahead and smash that like button. You know what all the YouTubers do. Uh, Smash that like button, comment your favorite part. If you're watching this, if you're listening to this on iTunes, go ahead and leave us that five-star review and, you know, share this with somebody who really needs this. Uh, But until then, y'all know how we do. We coming to you every single Thursday to help you create your version of the good life. Until then, we'll see you next week. 